I'm Catherine Zox, your social worker with a microphone, and you're listening to The Catherine Zox Show. Joining me today is Diane Gottlieb, MSW, MEW, and author of Awakenings, Stories of Body and Consciousness. What happens when 49 authors sit down to craft their experiences of living in a body? Magic. Diane Gottlieb carefully curates a magical anthology of short essays filled with trauma and triumph, pleasures and pain, challenges, resilience, and growth. No matter where you turn in this tribute to the miracles, mishaps, and mysteries of the bodies or of the body, you will be moved. A host of seasoned writers present a stunning array of diverse voices, journeys, and literary forms. Awakenings will sometimes make you laugh, often make you cry, and will always spur a deep appreciation for the flesh and bones that carry us all through life. Diane Gottlieb's writing appears in 2023 Best Microfiction, HuffPost, Chicago Review of Books, About Place Journal, and 100 Word Stories. She's the founder and author of Woman Pause, a newsletter dedicated to lifting the voices of women over 50. Welcome to the show, Diane. Nice to have you on. Thank you so much. I'm really excited and honored to be here with you. Well, this is an exciting book, a very different kind of book, I would say, or one that I've never uh, read. So what? how did this all come about, getting all of these writers together and to uh, 40, I said, what did I say in the beginning? 49 writers, 49 authors. Right, right. Yeah. We're talking yeah. about living in, a, yeah, okay. Let's start with that. Sure, sure. So um, I am the prose and um, creative nonfiction editor of a literary journal called Emerge Literary Journal. And uh, our editor-in-chief, Ariana D. Den Blaker, is also the founder and publisher of um, ELJ Editions. It's a small indie press. And she mentioned to me, we're in touch all the time, and she mentioned to me that she wanted to publish an anthology of body stories Um, because uh, we all live in a body and um, our bodies um, really, really are amazing gifts, but they also present a lot of challenges on many levels, physical, emotional, psychological, and um, she just thought it's the right time and a wonderful topic and would be a, a, a really welcomed addition to the conversation uh, about bodies and acceptance and, and self, self-acceptance on, bodies on all and levels. Ex- okay, bodies and acceptance, uh, self-acceptance on all levels. And I think you've said yes. that what one of the issues or one of the maybe one of the problems many of us see in terms of our own bodies, there's this dichotomy between the body, the flesh, and the mind. And these authors are, are these essays are about that's not true. It's all connected. We're all connected. Our heads and our brains and our hearts and our limbs and our breasts and all of those things, right? And then, so. Absolutely. That, yeah. So, um, absolutely. Yeah. Because uh, that's, I mean, to me, I think that's obviously one of the the main takeaways uh, from these essays. So let's talk about how does this work? Let's say our, in, you know, we have to accept our bodies. We have to accept 
what happens, the, the relationship between our minds and bodies, but we very often don't do that. And it does cause a lot of pain and angst and dissatisfaction. Well, this, yeah. you know, it, it's our it's our self acceptance, but it's also uh, I see these essays um, as a pushing back against the toxicity, the toxic messages that we all get about what bodies should look like, uh, whom they should love, what how they should function, and a lot of those messages we internalize. And I think we're at a point in time in, in our culture where we can be more open to difference and individuality and, um, you know, knowing that, that there are other ways to be beautiful in this world um, and, and really putting that forward. Especially, and I think that was the last sentence I read, I'm not sure, in the intro, but uh, for women over 50, <laughs> it becomes uh, much more difficult, I think, uh, for women over 50, postmenopausal, all of those kinds of issues. I mean, it's this, I, I'm not saying that before 50, we don't have some of the same issues, but um, I think that is a, a big issue with women. Let's talk about, or you choose one of the essays that we can discuss that kind of uh, represent what we've been talking about. Well, pick one, huh? Okay. Yeah, pick um, one or pick two. Sure, <laughs> sure, sure. So there's, I, I just wanted to say that there's, we talk a lot in, in here, Some a lot of the essays talk about trauma and body trauma and how that, um, how the secrecy around that um is is very harmful. So I'll just mention one, um, which is uh, by Sarita Suhu, and it's called Shattering the Dark Silence. And she, it's a, one of the hardest essays in the book to read uh, because it talks about her experience of um, abuse at the hands of her, her own father and how she was, she and her sisters were just, you know, kind of told, no, it's not abuse. And how now as an adult, part of her healing journey is to break that silence, to shatter that silence and to um, bring the darker things out into the light, which helps to dissipate shame. So that's just one of the essays. Um, I, I said it was really hard to read, which it, which it is, but I think the takeaway from it is it's very empowering and very hopeful. Um, so that's just one. Um, I'll give you another example. Oh, it's called Perfect, and it's by Maggie Pahos, and it's about... It's a wonderful tribute to her mother, um, and it's about her breasts, um, Maggie's and her mother's. Her mother passed away of breast cancer, and it, it, it's just a connection that it talks deeply about their really, really deep connection and how her mother, even at the end, was perfect in her body as she is as well. That's, a, that's the pot then, you know, that's really, and I have to say that I've um, 
had so many experiences with friends and colleagues and, and, and so many women who have been in that position who don't feel that way at the end, who feel uh-huh. shame, who uh-huh. feel, yes, and, and uh, feel disconnected. And so uh, that's a that's a very positive story. I mean, a, a really good story. Um, how much of these essays or which ones connect with you? I mean, obviously, um, there I always there must be some kind of a personal um, story sure, that you sure. have that you can share mm-hmm. with us. Yeah, sure. So, um, as soon as Ariana mentioned the possibility of this anthology, I jumped on it because. Um, I too, like, I don't, I honestly, I don't know anybody who doesn't have any sort of issue or concern with their body. Um, and it's very interesting to me. Um, this is not lost on me. I've had three cancers and the greatest pain I've had around my body is still about body image and weight. Um, and to me, that sounds so ridiculous, even as I say it. But that's how ingrained our judgments about the way we look have become. So um, I'm a writer, and I'm a writer of nonfiction primarily. And the pieces that have gotten the most traction for me, or several of the pieces that have, are about weight issues. And... I was, um, I'm always in awe of, of the comments that come to me and how people are so grateful for me sharing my story and want to share theirs. Um, so I, I just find this is such an important collection and work because it touches on um, so many different body aspects. And there, there are a lot of people, a lot of, lot of disability essays about disability in here, uh, about illness. Um, and you know, there, and there's some of them are very funny. Uh, there's one called like a Kardashian by Kelly short Borgs. And, um, she, let me see if I can grab it real quickly. Um, and if I can't, well, if you can, we can. I'll I can describe. keep talking, and then you can find it. But I was thinking, when you say body image and weight, I really don't, including yeah. myself, I don't know any woman that doesn't have some kind. It doesn't have to be a huge issue, but doesn't have some kind of issue with her weight. I mean, I know myself. If I don't Absolutely. stay at a certain weight, I feel like uncomfortable. I feel. I mean, I don't think anybody else really knows whether I gain three pounds or lost three pounds, but I do. And it does yes. affect my mood. And, uh, I, I would, yeah. Okay. Did you find it? Yes. Yes, I did. And, and it starts like this. I want to hate Kim K. I really do. <laughs> I want to hate her for all the reasons some people love her, her over the top obsession with appearance down to the smallest false eyelash. And she goes over that and, and she says, I want to hate her. I really do, but I can't because of her butt. Real or fake, I personally don't care which it is because my own goddess from my mama rear looks very much like that of a Kardashian's, and that makes it suddenly, for the first time in my life, fashionable. Fashionable. Um, yeah, it makes- it's a wonderful essay. Um, 
But it also speaks to, you know, okay, that Kim Kardashian broke the mold. And, and why, why can't we all just break the mold by being who we are? Yeah, well, she actually changed the mold. The she doesn't questions. actually break it. She yeah. changed it so that we don't have to have these tiny little yeah. uh, asses. And we are, you know, big breasts. Or well, That changes, too, though, I, I think. Um, and, and maybe yeah. it's, yeah, that, that culturally those things change as well. You know, you're supposed to be flat-chested. You're supposed to be big-breasted. Uh, it changes with generations. and uh, It does. But, yeah, but what has been culturally um, lower to change is the the shoulds, you know. Maybe the the parameters within those shoulds change, but there's always a look that's acceptable. And it's often a very narrow uh, parameter um, and that anything outside that is not um, acceptable. And we, unfortunately, we, we, we internalize all these messages and, and, and believe them. And, and this collection says no to that. No, 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 enough. How do men fit into this? Because we do this to ourselves. We've, that's what we've been talking Great question. about. Okay. Great question. So I think um, traditionally uh, women's bodies have been scrutinized uh, much more critically and uh, over time. But unfortunately men, um, you know, it's happening to men as well. Uh I, and I put out I, I, I put out calls for submissions. I also solicited some um, from SAS I knew, but I put out calls for submissions, and the overwhelming number of them that came in were from women. And then I put out specific calls for people who identify as male, um, who live in a male body. Um, to please share their stories as well. We didn't get as many, but the ones we got are, are terrific. And um, several of them were about weight issues as well. Have you thought about... So, it's, so they have some of similar issues. Have you thought about yeah. interviewing trans men and women? Because they kind of bridge the gap, I well, guess. I don't know how else to say it, but yeah. We have an, yes, absolutely. We have a wonderful essay by Ezekiel Court called Right as Rain, who's a, a trans individual. And it's about his coming to realize that he is trans. And it's about his mastectomy, um, that he chose to have a mastectomy before he fully accepted his, his, being trans and how um, that all came about for him. It's a gorgeous essay. The, you know, this is um, somewhat related to this. There was a big, uh, um, it wasn't, it was, uh, it wasn't, it, I think it was a MoMA, I'm not sure, but uh, uh, it was a sort of a, a retrospect on sculptures over the centuries. And one of them thinking about men and body issues, which this is something that I never realized that the Greek gods and the Greek statues, the men had small penises because a small penis mm -hmm. represented the 
that you were intelligent. If you had a big penis, you were more like an animal and more beast-like. And then that evolved and, of course, has changed over the <laughs> centuries. And it's quite the, or, you know, the it's the opposite now. But it was uh, something that I never realized if you're talking about body images and men's body images. Um, yeah. That's, that's interesting. That's interesting. Yeah. 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 Um, so I, I just wanted to say, so the, the anthology is organized into different categories. Um, the first one is, is called Our Bodies Know, and um, they're at short essays about all different body parts and what they have to teach us. So there's an essay about teeth. There's an essay about feet. Um, there's an essay about hands. I told you about the one about the butt. Uh, four about breasts, uh, two about hair. Then there's a section called Taking Up Space that has essays about people who struggle on the weight, on the scale, uh, both on the upper ends and the lower ends. So it includes both sides of that struggle. Um, there's a section called When It Hurts, which is about pain. And there's one called How We Show Up in the World and How the World Sees Us. And one of the things I love about the collection and the, and the submissions, the contributors, um, is that I learn so much from each piece. There's one gorgeous one uh, by Claude Olson called My Body is a Language That I Cannot Speak. And Claude is, has a form of dwarfism. And uh, Claude really writes to feeling like um, I, I'll, I'll just read a little a little part if that's okay. That's fine. Passing yeah. strangers, she's, she's Claude is writing about her own body, uh, their own body. Passing strangers stare as it walks by. Some take photos to prove what they have seen. I suddenly find myself on display before a crowd of gawking anthropologists. No one tells them to stop tapping on the glass. And um, it's, it's such a powerful essay. Uh, it, it took me through the lens of a person I, I, I might never have really thought much more about their lens of the world and how the world sees them. So um, there's a lot to learn from these essays. There are, yeah. I mean, as you've described all of them and read some of them, um, there is a lot to learn. Uh, I, I'm thinking, uh, have, as, uh, I'm a social worker as well and working with people with yes. disabil disabilities, and that is always an issue. Maybe we can talk about that. And uh, mm -hmm. how the world mm -hmm. sees them, because you know whether they, whatever the disability is, whether you're in a wheelchair or mm -hmm. you, you know you're an amputee or whatever, and associates what they mm -hmm. look like with how smart they are, or how creative they are, or how successful they are, and one mm -hmm. uh, really has anything, you know, it doesn't have anything to do. They don't have anything to do with each other. So um, I think uh, disabilities is a huge issue for people. Um, to, you know, having to be out and cope It with, certainly yeah. is. Yeah. It certainly is, yes. And um, there's a, another essay about uh, by Liz 
Schumer called Don't Lie to Me, that that talks about disability and how sometimes um, how doctors and professionals and our culture in general will just use euphemisms. And, and Liz is really against euphemisms. Um, she, she writes, Euphemisms aren't just confusing, they're a portal to fear. There's a reason horror movies hide the monster in the basement behind the shower curtain in the dark corners where it can jump out. Got you. Scream, I dare you. We fear what we don't understand. And she says, these days when my doctors use words that obscure I illuminate them. I'm not afraid to drag us all squinting into the sun. Um, So I I think the message in this essay and in many of them is let's have conversations. Let's have hard conversations. Let's see each other. Let's bring this stuff out into the light. And we have to help people to be able to, as you say, bring it out into the light and mm-hmm. help people to become more comfortable in talking about what maybe what scares them with you know a person who has a disability or what's frightening or what's and to be able to talk about that and and have a dialogue yes. i think that yeah and i think that's yeah. really and critical yeah yeah and that helps people listening be less afraid Right. Okay, because I think that's part, that's a huge part of the problem. Um, as Liz says, we fear what we don't understand. Um, yeah, let's ask questions. Let's listen. Let's witness each other. Um, well, I think one thing people can do, really we have only a couple here. minutes left, so I have to, sure. have to end the interview. But before they start talking, they probably should read your book. That's easier to do because you can, you know, just read it in the privacy of your own wherever you are. And uh, the title of the book is Awakenings, Stories of Body and Consciousness. And I've been talking to the author, Diane Gottlieb. And... Uh, Diane, so give us more information about a website we can go to. to uh, we can buy the sure. Yeah. You can go to uh, ELJ Editions. That's ordered directly from the publisher. It's also on Amazon and barnesandnobles.com at, at Bookshop. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm also uh, all over social media as Diane got author. You'll see posts about the book and other things that I'm doing. One thing you did mention is that I write a, a, a blog for empowering women over 50 called Woman Pause. You can find me at dianegottlieb.com. Great. Thanks so much for being on the show today. I really enjoyed Thank it. I'm really you. glad Thank you read some of those I really essays. appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks. I'm Catherine Zox, your social worker with a microphone, and you've been listening to The Catherine Zox Show. 